Fellow auto detailers, welcome to the show that features interviews with today's most successful auto detailers. This is the Auto Detailing Podcast. Here's your host, Jimbo Balaam. All right. Well, see, that's what happens. Welcome to episode 322 of the Auto Detailing Podcast. Uh, super excited. I, I just want to dive like right into it because I'm super excited to have Khan on the show today. Khan is um, a detailer. He has a lot of stuff going on other than detailing. He was going to take it full time. He had a shop and then I don't know what happened. So I'm so excited to get into all that, Khan. But before we get into like what I think is interesting, and I think it's interesting to me because I know you, not all of it, but a lot of your backstory. So, first of all, welcome to the show. Um, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Jimbo. And it's uh, this is something a, a, a dream come true. I know I'm kind of <laughs> going to geek out a little bit here. Oh, uh, no. I've, I've watched, I've listened to your show numerous amount of times. And, and, you know, I'm like, I, I envy the guys that were, have been on your show. I think you're a great host. So, you know, be able to be now on it, it it's as cool as I thought it would be. So thank you for having me. Uh, so kind of give everybody a quick backstory. Um, obviously, the odd name, Khan, easy way to remember it is like the bad guy from the Star Trek movies, the wrath of, obviously, you can picture the, the scene. Uh, it, that's kind of what I go with. So it's easy to remember my name, Star Trek guy. And I'm out of a... a medium-sized city in Michigan called Grand Rapids. Um, if you are a beer connoisseur, you probably know my town. Beer, uh, we've been kind of named the official Beer City USA. Uh, so I've kind of, for the last couple of years, have been slowly working my way into this detailing community, which is absolutely an amazing experience. Uh, my, my background is, uh, my education is actually in personal training. I was a personal trainer out in Chicago for the better part of a decade, had some really high-end clientele. Unfortunately, with the economy, uh, it didn't work out as well as I hoped in the mid-2000s when the uh, housing market crashed. So I had uh, gone to college in this Grand Rapids area, and, and I've always called it a small Chicago, and it has a culture like a, a big city, but it's really small. And so I knew the, the income levels and things like that were a lot more easier to live in Grand Rapids than it was in Chicago. So I kind of moved here, kind of replanted my roots, and I indulged into electronics. You know, it was a hobby of mine. I, I listened to, you know, I have a surround sound system and listened to music growing up and stuff like that. I have the big speakers. And, and I'm like, you know what? I could talk about this. I could sell this. And I just kind of took where, where, how far I could go. And, you know, right now I, I have a day job working for a company uh, uh, called Audio Advisor, and uh, they retail, it's mail order retail for high-end electronics, you know, turntables, speakers, things like that. It's a great, great career. But unfortunately, I'm in a box, what I call it in a box, you know, in an office space, in a cubicle. I'm on a computer all day. It's about as interesting as you can picture it. And um, I recently had bought a really nice car, and, and I kind of, wanted to make it look good and shine it up and stuff like that. And I had some experiences from when I was, you know, like my 16, 17, doing some detail work for the neighbors and stuff like that. So I kind of went out and bought my chemicals from the local uh, uh, auto supply store and kind of did this and did that. And the car's black. So obviously you're going to smar it as soon as you play it. You're going to do all these mistakes. And I started searching on YouTube. And what I discovered was, the detailing industry had completely changed from when I was a teenager, when I was in the, you know, when it was known as the guy in the back who just runs a mop in a bucket kind of thing or a sponge in a bucket and, and to this huge culture. And there's this, you know, big name people that are really pushing the brand and it, and the detailing world is changing, you know, and that's really what kind of drew me into it. It's, 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 it's changing from this, this bucket and sponge guy that, that knows how to operate an aisle at, at your local, uh, auto supply store to an art, you know, that's being has as much respect as a auto body mechanic or body, you know, a body shop that's you know, built custom cars and stuff like that. And I was like, man, this is just so much fun. And I just kind of indulged in, and I just, now that's where I'm at three years later. Um, I'm, I'm here and I'm talking to Jimbo on the auto detailing podcast. <laughs> so this is kind of a, it's kind of been a, it's happened real quickly. Um, so obviously the Grand Rapids market is a little bit different than Chicago. You know, if you ever lived in Chicago, it's a daily 
seen to see a Ferrari or a Bentley or a Rolls. You know, it's, it's, it happens. There's a lot of those uh, type of you know, people that live in that area. In the Michigan area, it wasn't like that. You know, when I lived, when I went to college here, it wasn't like that. It was just incredibly rare to see a Ferrari. I mean, you typically would see one in a museum or at an auto show. That was the only time you would see one. And when I came back, they were everywhere. You know, every good sunny day, you would see a beautiful, you know, supercar and something like that. And, and I started realizing, and I asked myself, where do these guys get their car washed at? You know, where do you take a half a million dollar car in the Grand Rapids market to get it properly washed? There wasn't anything. The, the market hadn't, hadn't uh, adjusted. The detailing side of the market hadn't adjusted to the automotive side. So there's a big void here. And as a you know, guy that sees a good opportunity, I said, I'm like, you know what? The Grand Rapids market needs a high-end, dedicated detailer that can focus in on these luxury uh, automobiles that can properly detail them. And that's kind of where I started. Now, the prices I wanted to charge, the things I wanted to do, I didn't know if the market had it. So instead of just jumping in with both feet, get the building, get the sign, and, and say grand opening and just waiting for customers to pour in, I started off in my driveway, you know, and I try to reach out to customers. I had a nice set of stack of business cards, wherever I see somebody at a gas station or at a grocery store that had a nice car, I would go compliment them and, and, and really make it about them. Really never push the, Oh, I'm high end detailer. It was all about, Hey, you got a beautiful car. Here's my business card. If you ever need any advice, just give me a call. I'd love to just kind of talk about your vehicle. And it slowly started getting higher in clients. You do one good job that that customer had such an experience credible experience with you tells other people and you know newer customers come and there, i have a photo of last year where i had uh there were the, the net value of the vehicles in my driveway exceeded the net value of the homes in my neighborhood uh so i knew that was last summer i knew that it, that the grand Rapids market had the that had the need for the detailer i had the customer base and then it was time to get the building and so I, I, before I did that, I wanted to take it, do it right, you know, do it right the first time. So I reached out and, and tried to find uh, places where I can get my education uh, increased in the detailing world. So I ran across uh, a gentleman uh, named Todd Cooperwriter out of uh, Columbus, Ohio. Um, he owns a company called Esoteric, and he actually has a detailing academy called Esoteric Detailing. And funny, funny thing happened is that he's actually an audiophile. And so I, I was following him on Facebook, and one day he pro posted one of his turntables. I'm like, hey, you know, beautiful Prospect 6 turntable. And he goes, oh, man, you know what you're, you're, you're talking about. And we kind of hit it off, and, and he eventually invited me down to his class, and I took his weekend, weekend class, which is extremely intense. Um, you know, the first day is just download of, of class. You know, you sit at the table, it's just a hard download of information. Second day, you go out in the shop, and you actually detail a very high-end car. And, uh, and, and Todd and, and his uh, team at Esoteric kind of cater, you know, teaches you. And then it's really hands-on. And it's a small group of people. Great experience there. Uh, so I came out of that with great confidence. You know, I, I, the things that I thought I knew were got validated by a professional. Uh, so I knew I was on the right track. And I, now then I got hungry. I got wanted more education. Um, so the IDA popped up. And the opportunity to kind of be an IDA certified detailer uh, just drew my attention. You know, it kind of, uh, I really like what the idea was doing and is doing is to say, let's make a standardized way for detailers to say, Hey, I've gotten this far and, and make it nationwide. You know, just like a mechanic has a mechanic license or a you know, home builder has a home builder license. They're trying to create that for the detailing world. So when you do walk to a, you know, a customer walks up to you or you go uh, find a customer, you can say, Hey, look, not only that I know I'm good, there's, there's, there's a certification that says that, that I've, I've gone the extra mile to ensure that I am who I say I am. So I really kind of indulged into that, joined the IDA, um, had great experience. Those guys there are, are really awesome group. Um, and then uh, what really happened that kind of made my detailing business just explode, uh, that kind of makes this whole story come back around was when I was a kid, when I was working at that small detail shop in my 16, 17, um, I actually ran into that owner again just just last summer, and he owns a high-end, um, I think what they call it, a broker, automotive broker. So they really you know deal with high-end cars and stuff like that. They sell cars. They have a it's called GR Auto Gallery, and 
and he ran into me. He goes, oh, what are you doing these days? It's great to see you. I'm like, hey, I'm into the detailing thing. So we kind of are, are in the midst of joining forces because he obviously sells these luxury cars. Like for right now, like I'm in detailing one of his customers' cars. It's a 1962 Corvette that's in the three-figure mark. Um, it's just a beautiful piece of machinery. I'm honored to detail it. So it, 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 that really kind of set me uh, <clears throat> ahead of it. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Ahead of it. Oh, You're good. Water. <laughs> <laughs> You've been on a roll. <laughs> I, 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 you. Yeah. That's why I was excited not to totally take us off on a tangent, which I'm really good at doing. But, um, you know, you, I, I was so excited to have. I'm excited to have people on the show that have so much energy and so much enthusiasm and so much like passion for what they're doing. And that's why I was so excited to have you on the show too, because you exude all that. Um, <coughs> you know, so if you got some water, keep going. I'm, I'm. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate it. Sorry, <laughs> sorry about that, everybody. I, uh, just had lunch and choking up potatoes. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, and so what happened with that GR Auto Gallery was they had a very high-end client, a client. I mean, and I mean very, very high. Uh, uh, a name that people would recognize, and, and I'm going to keep it at that. Um, and he had uh, been working on a custom car that he's been building for about the last three years, and it was, it was pushing close to the half-a-million-dollar marker. And he wanted to take the car to SEMA. So he sent the information in and SEMA actually invited him. And the owner reached out to me and said, hey, look, I'm sending my car to SEMA. Sorry, I wanted to look sorry at the to interrupt. What can just, you do? Just because yeah. I, I missed the part. So this is the broker guy or a different guy? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, the GR Auto broker guy got You me said it. I just wanted with... to make sure I was on the same page. No, oh, no, no. Yep. Okay. Yep. Cool. Yep. Exactly. Okay, cool. Sorry. I'm no, 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 you're, this whole show thing. no, you're doing, no, you're doing great. I just want to make sure I'm following so, along. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, so he's like, Hey, I'm going to have set this car out there. Can you, you know, dial it in before we send it? And I'm like, look, you know, it's, it's going to seem like I can look, make it look good, but it's not going to last. I mean, people are going to walk up and touch it and things like that. You know, you probably should send me with it you know, good, good hustle to get the SEMA. Right. You know, and, and I'm like, look, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll render smart. my services for free. You know, you know, I'll take care of my services. Don't worry about that. Just, just covered the expenses of getting me to SEMA. Cause obviously we all know if you're a car guy, even remotely interested in the cars, SEMA is like yeah. the Holy grail. It's a must, must thing to do. And I wasn't going to be there for one day or two days. I was going to be there for the whole event. I was actually out there for eight days. Uh, and it was, that's, that's kind of really, what, yeah, exactly. Long time in Vegas, uh, <laughs> yeah. very long time. Uh, um, and, and, you know, where I was staying also, it was a, the, I was at the furthest hotel physically possible away from the convention center. I was, <laughs> I was at uh, Mandalay Bay. So I had to walk from Mandalay Bay to the Luxel, Luxel to New York, New York, cross the street to MGM, hop on the uh, Metro all the way to, uh, Westgate. Then I was at the convention center, and that would take me about an hour each morning to make that happen. And like I told uh, you while we were there, they do have a service called Uber. <laughs> I did Uber the first day. Yeah, it was a hundred dollars a round trip. To no the, way. You know, yeah, it hurt so bad. I'm like a hundred dollars. I'm like, ooh. I'm like, I'll walk. Thanks. You know, yeah. doing the math, I'm like, it's going to cost me a thousand dollars pretty much for a week. Right. <laughs> oh my god. And and so. It was a blast, though. I mean, SEMA, since SEMA, I've been at, I would say, at 110% output. It, it, it's just everything that I could ever wish for in, in any industry, you know, in, in any hobby or any career that you ever indulge in, to, to, to get the feedback and, that I'm getting from the, the movers, the shakers of the industry, it's just remarkable. I had never expected this. And, you know, it was, I don't know if it was my enthusiasm, if it was my go-to, you know, go-getter attitude, but it, it has paid off. The hard work uh, paid off. Now, you know, kind of sidestep here, while I was detailing in my garage, and just to give you an idea, when I picture a garage, people picture, oh, you know, two-stall garage, you got some room, you know, get a little bit of elbow space. No, sir. This is a one-stall garage, and so small that you actually have to park the car to one side of the building to be able to even open the doors. Um, that's how small the garage was. And I detailed you know, everything from your BMW 7 Series to your Audi 6 Series. I even had a, a BMW X5 in there, SUV. Talk about cramped space. 
in you know August at 90 degree weather, no oh. air conditioning, no ventilation. So what? I mean, definitely, it's definitely a, a, a turmoil. Most people would not do that. Yeah. Um, and, and especially the work that I was doing. You know, I was doing 18 to 30 hour paint corrections for these vehicles. You know, with ceramic coatings and things of that nature. Um, but it has paid off. It really has paid off. And and so at SEMA, I made the most of it. I, I, you know, I went and hung out with the guys at Rupes and the IDA and, and some of the other brands I logged. And one of the things that happened was I, um, that really kind of really was really cool was on one of your podcasts. And I forget the episode. You'll have to kind of look back and find that it was the episode where you introduced Ian from Autofiber. Yep. And talk about a knowledge guy. I mean, um, Ian, I, I, he is almost like what I would say the mad scientist of the microfiber world. Um, so, you know, we have some people like, like uh, Kevin Brown, who's the, 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 you know, the buff, the buffer of uh, the God of buffing. And then the God of, of, of uh, um, control of contamination on your, on your past. You know, he knows all, all that intricacy. I would say Ian from autofiber is that guy. He comes up with the craziest microfiber ideas, really thinks out of the box. And the podcast you had, his knowledge of, microfiber and, and all that kind of stuff just really was cool. And then shortly after that podcast, you guys had introduced uh, the, the, uh, auto, um, the, the auto podcast towels. You were giving yep. them away, you know, you just, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I got yep. one. Yep. Yep. Those the screen towels, printed towels. Those. Like, those things went crazy. Yeah, exactly. that, but, but to, to your point about Ian being like, you know, so willing to try anything and, and kind of trying to be ahead of the curve, that was Ian's idea you know, and, and he texted me a picture of it one day and he's like, yeah, I got a hundred of these printed in my head. I'm like, Oh my gosh, Ian, there's no way we're going to be able to get rid of a hundred of those things. Like, what are you thinking? Like, I didn't say that. Of course I was just like, Oh my gosh, this is cool. You know, but I'm thinking in my head, like a hundred of them. Are you nuts? Like how much did that cost? We're never going to get rid of. And literally I posted a picture and they were gone within like a day. Maybe an hour. Minutes. It was oh, like yeah. an hour. I, I yeah. don't know what it was, but they were gone, and I was like, "Whoa!" Was yep, and I got one. I, I did. I got one. I was, it was. I thought it was a cool little, little like little uh, thing you can put on my. I mean, I don't even use it. It literally just sits on my shelf as decoration. Uh, but the thing is, is that though that print is not actually silk screen. It's a type of dye that right. he actually dyes the fibers right. in that area, and and it's it's not a. a loose dye either it's a very tight dye so you can actually write very cleanly i mean i don't know if you guys are out there have one of, of, of uh, jimbo's towels but i mean it's pretty impressive he actually still and has them on his light. website so if you can go on oh, uh autofiber.com and uh they're actually available for purchase now let me see if i can pull it up i think they're I think like they a, a dollar yeah. or something like that or three dollars i mean I, and obviously <laughs> there was one guy that was like this is the most useless towel you can't use it because it's screen printed i'm like obviously like you know yeah it's not well, a towel not that point. you're going to use it's not the point but it's, but i think it's a still... marketing genius idea because here's the thing like where do i meet my customers like where do we right. most of us detailers meet our customers out on the street hand them a business card you're just like anybody else right hand them a towel Yes. You got a message there. And you know, and, and as you say that Sorry, uh, no no no. As you say that on Ian's website, he, he will do custom printing. It's called dye supplementation. Well that's what was, that's what I was gonna get at. Okay, got it. That's what I was gonna get at. So got I, I got that towel and I'm like, dude, I have to get in on this. So I reached out to Ian and I, I find his email, I have to send him an email. I'm like, hey dude, do you do that for other people or was this like a one time thing for Jimbo? He goes, No, no, we can we can make arrangements. And we went back and forth, a couple emails and stuff like that, and obviously we you know, through email conversation, we get to know each other a little bit and, and kind of what I'm looking for. And, and he made these towels for me and I hand them out. Like I hand them out uh, when I'm at car shows, at, you know, cars and coffee. And then I also put it in my customer's car. So I have a little to-go package that I that give my customers. So, so like, a, yep. I, yep, I fold up the towel in a way that my logo appears. And, and, and it's not complex. There's not a lot of information on there. It's just my logo and my phone number. And the main thought was is that, if that person I give that towel to cannot, you know, figure out who I am, good for them. They're not probably my customer, which is fine. Um, right. it, so, but it was just, I give it away to my customer. I also do other things too for my customer. I also take, um, I go to Costco and buy the big cases of water bottles, you know, the water, you know, the little 12 ounce waters, and I cut the label off and I put my label on it, and I just just print it off from, you know, off my regular HP printer at home. And I put my label and it just says, thank you for your business. And then I also put a little tiny 
like travel case, air freshener, and uh, travel case quick detailer. So it's kind of like a little to-go bag that I give my customer after they got in service. So the towel was part of that. And so I got to know Ian and, um, and all obviously from the podcast. And then now I got, got these towel marketing towels from him and they're just been phenomenal things. Absolutely phenomenal. And so then I'm like, okay, what, what is this towels all about? So I bought the kit that you and Ian put together, the Jimbo kit. Yep. Um, so I bought that kind of gave me an opportunity to play around with all his stuff. And I love his towels. I mean, I really do like my favorites are his elite edgeless. Um, I rock those pretty much for everything, including coatings. It, it's a great towel. It's reasonably priced that when you've done coating, you can throw it away without cringing. Because, I mean, there's towels out there that are very expensive and very effective. But, man, throwing away a $5 towel kind of, like, hurts a little bit. Hurts a lot um, of it. So these were a little bit more affordable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It hurts a lot of it for us uh, detailers. <laughs> so, um, so when I was out in SEMA, like, it was finally the opportunity to meet Ian in person, you know, we've only had talked or, uh, over the phone or over email. So now I'm at the meet him in person. So there I am hanging out. And, and so he's such a cool guy down to earth, just like, just the, like just the rest of you California people, just really cool, laid back and chill. You know, it must be nice. You know, I'm sitting here in 12 degree weather. Um, <laughs> I got my garage open. I, I, I am a little chilly, so I do have a sweatshirt on because it's been a, a we've, we've had a cold streak of about 72 degrees. So but it's been pretty nice. <laughs> it's, it's, I think, 12 right now, and we have a, a storm coming in this afternoon. And it's supposed to dump 12 inches of snow in, like, three or four hours. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. Hey, I heard a good quote about – yeah, right? I heard a good quote about uh, snow and cold places. That got, I was listening to a podcast, and the guest was from Finland, and they were both laughing. If It was originally from Finland. Now he lives in L.A. And he goes, yeah, snow – I think snow is meant to only visit. Like you only go to the snow yeah. to visit, not to live in. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like I love Colorado. Like I would like go to Colorado. I love the snow. I love everything about it. I love the cold, but then I can leave. Right. <laughs> Get on exactly. my plane and go back. Yep. You know, yep. I, so I envy you, Mr. California out there. You guys, you guys, uh, but Hey, you, you had, it's not all peaches and cream. You guys it's have, not. you know, uh, you know, really tight, uh, environmental laws yep. and stuff like that. So I, being a detailer in California, Man, you guys have to Stop. really know your 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 real rules and laws, and when it comes to detailing, so that's 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 cool that a lot of you guys make a great business out there, right? Because uh, I mean, it sounds like it's hard. It's um, not easy. So now, now we you know we met at SEMA, um, and and so I'm like, hey, you know, like kind of sound like nerd. I'm like, hey, you know, Jimbo, obviously you've been on his podcast, can we kind of meet? And he's <laughs> like, yeah, sure, you know, I'll make the arrangement. This is not creepy at all, you know? Right. And, and so obviously we met, you were there, you know, you're Jimbo. And, and so we went out to dinner. I think we had some great conversation at the, at the dinner. And, and not only did we off. have great conversation. So first of all, I was kind of expecting, uh, I, I didn't know what to expect in, and I'll just give you my perspective from this, but, um, sure. you know, it, it, because I think it's funny and interesting kind of looking hindsight on it. Um, but Ian goes, me and Ian were meeting up for dinner and he goes, Hey, this guy con really wants to meet you. And funny cause you mentioned it at the beginning of our conversation today. And it's like, I'm thinking like con, huh? Like, that's an interesting name. I mean, coming from Jimbo, <laughs> right? Like, come on, I have zero room to talk. No one takes my name serious, but I'm like, con. And then, you know, you know how you start playing, like, uh, like figuring out what that person's going to look like in person, you know? And I'm oh, like, yeah. con, oh, yeah. okay, like maybe this is like a black dude or an Asian dude or like, yeah. I, I have no idea, right? And then you roll up and you're like a white guy. Like, I was like, what? Like, okay, cool. And then, you know, and then you almost broke my hand when you shook it, which was cool. But, <laughs> but then it yeah, led, I, you know, the, and then, yeah. I, I definitely, uh, I'm, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 it's totally fine. I'm used to interrupting people, so I don't mind when, when I get interrupted. But then, then we're like, yeah, let's go to dinner. And we're like, well, where should we go? And I think it was it you or Ian that came up with the place or was it Ian? Like, yeah, Ian did. Oh, we got, I got this place right around the corner. And it, right yeah, around the right. corner meant like a mile walk, but um, um, man, well, Vegas. I mean, that, that I got used to that in Vegas. You know, uh, the, the, the one thing that was weird in Vegas was if you ask anybody for anything, it was always around the corner. Like, hey, what's the bathroom? Oh, just right around the corner. You get around the corner, there was nothing to be seen. Like you would have to ask somebody else, and they're like, "Oh yeah, around that corner." Yeah, and no such Vegas. thing as around the corner. <laughs> it's freaking ridiculous. Um, but but uh, whoever it was, whose ever idea was a phenomenal idea, and just we had the most incredible yes. 
Brazilian. I had never had Brazilian barbecue. I didn't even know. Like they sit us down and they they came with like what was it like shrimp on ice and I'm like wow like so, I, I didn't yeah. I didn't know how Brazilian barbecue worked so like I'm like okay. wow this freaking server is really laying it on thick to like buy the appetizer <laughs> you know I'm like what a great idea like bring out the appetizer and then ask if they want to get the appetizer you know like wow that is smart like i was even trying to be like wow how could i do that in detailing like that's really good i didn't know it was like freaking a buffet pretty much you actually do actually you did you did that's funny you say that you you had that idea where you uh detailed a uh, section of a customer's car i use that the, you know, true. Where, where I, I guess that would the be the same person. right that would be the same i guess yep that's same, same idea you know but i was like wow this is and and I'll never ever ever forget that meal. That was like because I was leaving that well, night to go home, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh, this is what a way to end this." Well, you left the best part out the the the, the coaster thing, the red and yeah, uh, uh, red and green coaster. <laughs> yeah, you would flip the green coaster over, and then like servers, not just one, like servers out of everywhere would just come flocking to you with all these different types of meats, you know, bacon wrapped pork and. And just all this crazy stuff, and then when you had enough, you would flip the coaster over to Red, and they kind of knew the, that you were kind of doing your thing right now. It was just so, insane. yeah, it was really cool. That was that was Ian's idea, and uh, it was it was a cool conversation to be meet you. Obviously, you had to run real quick, so that was that was. Uh, but still, it was a memorable moment. Yeah, and definitely. So the whole SEMA thing was just absolutely just crazy. So I get back from SEMA, and and it, the dust hadn't even settled from that. The, the MT you know, M, you know, Mobile Tech Expo was coming up, and and I'm like, look, I. I I was still, you know, enjoying the, the ride from SEMA. I'm like, you know what? I got to do this again. And, and I made, I bought my tickets and, and made the plunge for that. And um, so I came out to SEMA, or sorry, came out to MTE, was that what, two, three weeks ago? And, and that was yep. just an incredible event. I mean, I'm definitely, SEMA was awesome. Um, I would love to go back to SEMA as an invited guest, maybe for one of the brands or, or somebody, you know, like maybe represent Ian or something like that, help him out, work, work his booth. But like to just go there and wander, I don't know if I could, you know, right now, I don't know. It was just a lot. It was just a lot taken. I mean, like even on day seven, I was walking down hallways that I didn't even know existed and they had rooms full of stuff, you know? Yeah. So after a while, it just became Ford, you know, Mustang and, you know, Chevy Camaro. And then, oh, look, blue rim, red rim, chrome rim. It just, it kind of blended it a little bit after a while. Um, so I kind of was looking forward to MTE because it's just the more refined, uh, more focused. And obviously it, the show is catered to the paintless dent repair guys. And then the detailers are kind of like the guests, but it's kind of blending. I think this year you probably agree was, there was a big uh, detail presence. I, there. Well, it was my first year, so I don't know. Yeah, it was, it was my first year too. So I didn't know. I'll, I'll be honest. I was a little, because that's what everyone had been saying is like, Oh my gosh, the presence for detailers is so like so big so much and so maybe i misunderstood and i was thinking like wow okay we're gonna have like you know 50 percent pdr text 50 percent detailers so you know i i was expecting more detailers um okay but but still there was you know there was still it what i liked about it though honestly and i talked about this a little bit on a like a little recap show i did was like because yeah. there wasn't a ton and because it wasn't like sema it seemed like it drew yep. all the guys closer together or all the detail totally. all the detailers closer together that's exactly. what i thought so i, I actually totally i actually agree. didn't mind that it was smaller well and that's why i'm going next year there's no question about it I yeah mean, like i've already like i've made the commitment and I'm planning on going next year is because of that experience. Um, you know, it's for the two things. One was the knowledge day. Definitely go to the, you know, the, everything was held on Friday. It was an eight hour event started at 8 a.m. went to 5 p.m. And it was class after class after class. It just right. never stopped, but it was great. Now, did I walk away with this incredible pleather of information? No, but, but what it did give me was, you know, some great tidbits of information, what I call like nuggets of info or new ideas that I made in a different direction I never thought of going. So it definitely had value to, to be in those classes. And obviously some of the, uh, the, the instructors were, you know, you had Mike Phillips from, from Auto Geek. He, he did like three or four classes. I mean, an opportunity to be able to sit there and listen to, to, to his, his philosophy or his ideas about detailing is, is, a, is a great opportunity. And then Saturday, Sunday, what was so awesome about that is exactly what you said, Jimbo. It was the 
there wasn't much going on for detailers. There wasn't booth after booth after booth. And it wasn't like, you know, these hot sales guys trying to talk you into a product. It was all the detailers, the guys who were in the trenches, the guys who were, you know, who, who sling the compound and clean the cars were all there. And the conversations were just awesome and be able to get uh, closer involved, get to know each other, you know, get away from the social media presence of who you are to who you really are as a person. So it was, it was an awesome experience. And I mean, what a, what a bond um, I think the detailing community has, you know, that's, that's one of the things that has really made me have this massive paradigm shift in my life, because I'll be honest with you, you know, my, my current day job, it's a fairly reasonable job. I drive a very nice luxury car. I live in a, in in a very decent home and in a decent neighborhood in Grand Rapids, in one of the suburbs of Grand Rapids. I, I had, I shouldn't have much to complain about it. I mean, other than the fact that it's it's the same thing over and over again, but for me, that what drew me to the detailing world was this community, was this camaraderie that we have among ourselves. You know, when you know, like one of the things that I I don't really communicate into the Facebook forums. I read them and I, and I kind of follow along and stuff like that. I really like some of the conversations. But like what I've noticed lately is that if there's anybody out on any Facebook forum that bashes anybody or bashes a product or just just slings mud for no apparent reason, all us other detailers just snuff that person out and we just say just no, this is not going to be tolerated. And and I and I love that because one of the things that I've kind of have started to realize in the audiophile world is that people are really you know, my system's better and, and I know more than you. And, you know, this is how you should do it. And if you don't do it my way, you're not doing it right. And there was, there's just a lot of negative aura. There's not that team camaraderie, especially for such a small hobby. You would think you would have that, you know, there's not an audiophile in every corner. Most people don't even know what an audiophile is. And, and that kind of started to turn me off, especially being a younger guy, you know, most audio enthusiasts are, are my, my parents' age or older. And so for me to try to be, get involved with that, it was, it was difficult. You got a lot of cold shoulders and a lot of difficult people to deal with. And, you know, and then you go to this detail side and you, you can walk up to Mike Phillips and just start talking to him and he'll talk to you, literally talk to you. He'll connect with you. And, right. you know, you could walk up to Rennie Doyle and, and you could pat him on the back and he'll have a conversation. You can talk to Jimbo. You can run into him seven times at the MTE and every time he'll say hi. <laughs> and then he still got mad you when know. I didn't say bye to you. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, it's, I got, I got, you know, I got to take it where, where I can take, take it down. I hear, no, I hear you. I hear you. Um, so, you know, is that, that camaraderie that, that I, that, that I really like. And, and also the, the pillars of the industry are, you know, are not out there just marketing themselves. They're marketing the industry. They're, they're pushing the industry and they're, they're changing the public's opinion on what detailing really is. So in my current business structure, I try to avoid the word detailing. I really do because when I talk to a customer, I say, oh, I'm a detailer. You get that glazed over look right away. You, you, right away, you can tell, like, oh, great. You know how to operate a sponge. They, they really don't understand the involvement that detailing has become, you know, the, the, you know, the knowledge that you have to have to understand the differences in paints from brand of vehicle to even, even in the same brand of vehicle, different colors have different characteristics and to know all that information to properly dial in a car, they don't understand that. So I try to avoid that word, but it's great to have people that are, they're pushing the industry. They're changing that, that name. So when you say detailing, you don't think sponge and, and your, your, your uh, car supply aisle, you think, oh, a professional, a guy who spent hundreds of hours educating himself, learning how, how, to res- how paint responds to, to you know, in, you know, influence and things of that nature. So I love this part of that industry. That's what's kind of made me want more of it. And obviously the other thing is that the market's there. It's growing. I mean, uh, I think what auto you know, detailing is what, an $80 million dollar a year industry. It's definitely I mean, growing. Shoot, yeah. I think, yeah, I think I can get my hand on one of those million and there's 80 of them, you know, so it, <laughs> might, might as well try to try to make that attempt. Um, so, uh, it, it, it's a dream. Hey, everybody's got to have a goal. Hey, you know, you, you might not be able to reach it. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and to stay positive, I think, you know, it's important that, that you have to look, take it one step at a time. And like for me, 
you know, obviously I haven't quite made it yet because obviously we haven't we haven't even gotten the subject of what's going on with my whole. Uh, um, yeah, let's let's shop. get there. Let's get there because at, at Mobile yeah. Tech, and that's what I was really excited to talk about. Yeah. Uh, before, because at Mobile so, Tech, you're like, tell us tell us what the plan was going into Mobile Tech because I'm pretty sure. Yeah. You thought you were maybe even gonna get let go on Friday. Yup. Yup. So. <laughs> Um, uh, as I, you know, to, my goal was for 2018 was to, to take this full time to, to now establish, you know, a facility. I wanted, obviously being in Michigan, mobile is a little more difficult task in the detailing, especially when you're doing ceramic coatings and stuff. You know, I wanted a fixed location. Right. Um, especially so, where you're at. Um, I mean, it's gotta be a to- yeah, exactly. complete you know, nightmare during the winter. Oh Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, for example, like this, this, this Corvette, it, it, it got shipped here on a truck. It's leaving on a truck. So it's never going to be able to see outdoors. I mean, and it, it, but it has to deal with that condition because right now there's about a foot of snow in front of my, my garage door. Um, so but right before I went to MTE, which was really, which well, it just kind of happened so quickly, um, which now I know it, it, it hasn't worked out. So now I know why it happened so quickly. It was too good to be true, but um, I had hired uh, a marketing company. And I definitely advise for anybody who wants to take detailing or, or take any business for that matter, seriously, hire, consider hiring a marketing company. I mean, I, I obviously, you know, the, the, like the towels, I listen to you guys and, you know, and I try to have all these creative ideas. But the one thing that, that I never thought of was creating a brand. So I hired this marketing company and they, they're helping me create this brand image, you know, talk about the essence of what my company is. And, but it was all built on the idea of me having a brick and mortar and, you know, a fixed location. So I walk out of this meeting. I'm like, man, you know, I have hired this marketing company. I don't have a fixed location. What am I going to do? I need to find a building. And then literally the next day I get a phone call from a buddy of mine and he's like, Hey dude, you know, can he come meet me over here? I got something to show you. So I come by and, and he's like, what do you think? And he's showing me this building and he's like, Hey, I'm looking at getting this building. And, and, you know, and, and I want you to go in with me on it. And he's a mechanic and he kind of deals with high end cost clientele as well. So I'm like, Oh, great symmetry. You know, the, the car can co- come to one location, get tires rotated, brakes fixed, oil change. And then on top of it, get, get it clean. So what a great idea. Let's do it. So we, we dive in and we sign the lease and all that kind of stuff. And one of the big things at MTE was to get, you know, get, I, I wanted to get, uh, with with a brand represent a brand um, uh, and and be certified underneath that brand uh, for for coatings and they have a, a wide product line of products but that was one of the big things that, that when I went to MTE was was to close that deal and I went out there and and, and I was lucky enough that they we we made it made a deal and we uh, uh, were ready to take the next step and you know while I'm at, at MTV or MTE sorry MTV Jesus uh, at MTE um, <laughs> <laughs> MTV show my old my age uh at mpe uh, uh my, my my partner's calling me up saying, hey we gotta knock this wall down we gotta pour the concrete you know and i'm just hearing money going ching 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 as we're trying to get this place set up so we got the concrete poured i come back and right away literally the day after i get back so i get back on monday yeah monday i get a phone call from that gr auto gallery company they say hey we have a customer that flew on flew in on his own jets and he just bought this Corvette and he wants it dialed in. Get down here. We, we need, you know, we need you to, we need your expertise. So I run down there, talk to the guy and it was funny. I mean, he's, he's the guy, gentleman's out in New York and, he, and we, we come up with a price and he goes, well, cut me a deal. And obviously a New York guy and be like, you know what? I can cut you a deal. Or would you rather have me do it right? And he goes, you know what? I'll pay your price. So no negotiating on price. So he gives me the car. I'm like, great. It's going to help me cover the expenses for the building, move the car in. And this week, Monday, so that was last week, Monday. So this week, Monday, the walls have crashed in on itself. Unfortunately, <laughs> things are not starting to pan out. So um, what so what happened? Things, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, two things I found out. One, the, the my partner, my friend, who was going to be the mechanic, well, comes to find out he does not have a mechanic's license doesn't plan on getting a mechanic's license, doesn't have insurance, does not plan on having insurance, does not even plan on even having an LLC for his company. And I'm like, you know, that's a lot of risk, man. You know, and right now, Michigan, 
Um, it's been on the news twice in like this, just this month alone. Uh, Michigan's cracking down on these mechanic shops that are operating without licenses. And it's, it's a big deal. Like they, they, one of the news uh, that was just, uh, I think it was just released a couple days ago, they show a picture of the building with the yellow tape and the sign that says season disorder. And I'm like, you know, you got to get a license. This is not going to work for me. I'm like, I can't have, you know, a customer's half a million dollar car and have to make that phone call and say, oh, yeah, my, co- my cohabitant partner, yeah, the building's right. shut. I can't get to your car. We have to go to court to get me access to it. That's a conversation I would never want to happen. Right. And so then the final, so that was a big concern for me and my customers, you know, and the image too. You know, obviously I'm still uh, creating a brand image. I'm still trying to get my name out there. And something like that could just, just crush my business and crush my future. So, and I'm like, okay, that's a big red flag. And then the second red flag was when the city came in on Monday with an inspector. Well, come to find out this <laughs> building is not zoned as industrial. It is zoned oh. only as, as uh, retail. So I'm like, well, there's a garage door in the front. How's that possible? I mean, if you, right. uh, you know, if you go to my Facebook page, there's a YouTube video or uh, a quick video that I did. Um, it shows the building so you can kind of see what I'm talking about. And there was a wall there in that video. Well, that wall had to be there because that door was technically considered storage for the retail spot. So it was never designed to be able to pull cars in. So now we have issues with noise. You know, so obviously air compressors, right. uh, machines are not necessarily the quietest. And, you know, and then also me, you know, I'm still, I haven't completely cut ties in my day job yet. So I'm, I come here, like, for example, I was here last night until four o'clock in the morning. And then I'm back here uh, at 10 o'clock, you know, and pulling all nighters. And, and so the neighbors are probably are not a big fan of what, what's going on right now. So between Ugh. the mechanic not having a license and this building not being zoned correctly, it, 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 it jumped ship time. And I, I talked to the landlord and, he, and it wasn't like the landlord was selling me one thing and it turned out to be another thing. Right. He actually didn't know either. Because obviously we talked about knocking the wall down. I mean, it's his place. Right. And so he didn't know either. So he's cool enough that he's, he's going to let me uh, get this car fixed, you know, dialed in, get it out. And then we're going to kind of work out some financial issue, you know, financial things, which I, I'm, I'm okay with if I take a little bit of a loss and sure. it's a lesson learned, you know, before you rent a building, call your city, <laughs> find out if it's zoned correctly. <laughs> you know, these, these are things that obviously you learn as, as a new business person as you go down the path. I mean, take things slowly. And, and I mean, obviously I was excited and jumped into it. And, and that, right. that's where the mistake happened. It happened too quickly. It happened too easily. I should have pulled, pumped the brakes a little bit. I should have contacted a lawyer or even just made a phone call to the city. I could have quickly learned mm-hmm. this, uh, uh, that this wasn't the right fit, which is fine. It really is fine because I'll find something else. I'm not worried. I, you know, I have, uh, I, I, I have a client base that, that – is, is, is waiting. I mean, right now I have six cars queued. They're waiting for me to just call them up to say, bring it down here. Um, and then, you know, I, and I also have some of my clients uh, have very influential contacts and things of that nature. So I'm not concerned that I could find another facility that's going to be a better fit. And that's the thing. I think now that I know what I'm looking for, what I need, it's going to be a better fit. I'm not concerned. There's at this point, there's too many gears are turning. Um, to be able to stop, to be able to, you know, be able to back off. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm on the auto detailing podcast. There's two legs. <laughs> once you once you once you hit the auto detailing podcast, you can't turn around, man. You got to keep going. You know, you know, you got an audience. You got you got to answer to. But you that know, but um, that's why I really wanted you on the show too, because I'm really getting interested in more so tracking the journey of people too. So it's great to have like the the people that have done it and are, are currently doing it. And I think, you know, integrating that is really important, but I really want people to resonate with other people that are doing it. And that's like, honestly, when I heard it kind of like fell apart, I was extremely interested because the last we talked, you were like in, in, you know? And so I was yeah, like, what yeah. the heck? Yo, but also like, yo, and, w- and, and, and the podcast was supposed to be about how I made it, you know, and I could talk <laughs> right. about the journey and, and, yes. and, and, and like, I made it guys. Yes. The, the, the grass is greener on yes. the other side. It is bright and warm, you know, and, <laughs> and, and the, no, you get back a week later and no. Um, so and that's, that's, I was like, what but, the hey, heck? But hey, it, you know what? Yeah. I, I think this is actually, you know, as, as tragic as it is, 
you know, as a, I have to see the positives in this. I have to, because it, right. it will destroy me if I see the negative. Can you imagine having that conversation with a customer who has his, you know, Ferrari, his baby, and he can't get to it for a month because right. you have to go to court over something that is not even involves you. I mean, that's a, that, that'll destroy me. So this is, this is a small hump in comparison to, to what could have been bad. It could have been a image. total nightmare, total nightmare. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Something I couldn't recover from this. I could totally recover from. I'm not worried. And the good part is, is that it's, it's only February, it's right? 12 degrees outside. You know, there's, there's all these cars that I'm doing right now are either they're going to probably be museum pieces and never roll down the street or are customers who have car collections. I mean, I have customers that, that their collection is so vast it would be almost like painting a bridge. By the time you got to the other end of the bridge, it's time to paint the first side. Right. Um, you know, I have one gentleman that has 25 cars that I, that, that I take care of. So I have work that I can take care of. I can keep the gear going. Um, the day job. Now, I hadn't when, – when I went to MTV uh, – MT, yeah, I keep doing that. MTE. Um, <laughs> Maybe you should go like check out – Maybe you should go watch MTV for a little bit. I think, I think that's what it is. <laughs> I think I, I miss the MTV you know, music videos, you know, at 8 o'clock in the morning while you're getting ready for school. <laughs> you did that because I did. <laughs> right. I did. Um, uh, you know, it wasn't, I went to my boss and, and be like, yeah, I'm quitting. You guys suck. And I ran out of the building. It right. was, it was out of respect to them because what had happened was, so see, I got back from SEMA. That was, you know, a big rush. And it was only what, like about a month later, uh, MTE, MTE happened. And I, mean, I had to take, you know, that was during what, during the week I had to, like take half the week off. And then I got back from MTE and then, um, uh, the, the Detroit Auto Show, everybody calls it the Detroit Auto Show. It's called the actual international, what was it? Yeah, the Michigan International Auto Show. Okay. So it, it starts in Detroit, comes to Grand Rapids, and then from Grand Rapids goes to Chicago. I don't know if it goes anywhere after that, but that's kind of the path of that show. So the show was coming to Grand Rapids. My marketing company called me up and said, hey, look, I know the director of the, the convention center that, that the show is going to be held in. I, I'm pulling some strings for you. And they have somebody who wants to talk with you. Turns out it's the local BMW dealership in my area. And I mean, in, in my area, there's only one BMW dealership in like a 40 mile radius. So it's like the dealership. And they want me to detail all their cars for the show. And so I gave them a price that I think they would they would say yes to. And they said yes. I was like, holy cow. So 27 cars in two days uh, to get ready for uh, for the show, uh, and including smokes. a car that was yeah including a car that was, was considered in the million mile so that it's a, a, a special room where they'll have, you know, there was a, a Lamborghini in there. There was a Bentley's in there, a Rolls in there, and they had a 740 in there. So I detailed that. And, and it was, but it, yeah, two days, very intense, 12 hour days for sure. And then right after that, so that was like last week, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I get a phone call from the BMW dealership asking me to come down to the show because the local uh, 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 news broadcast is going to be filming them. They want me in the background cleaning cars. So kind of like, you know, B-roll kind of thing. So I go to that, do that, uh, do that event. And then I get a phone call, another different phone call. Uh, the GR auto gallery that I had mentioned in, in the beginning of the episode uh, called me. They want to have a sit down and have a YouTube live interview where they kind of talk about what they're all about because what's cool about them is that they strive for those garage find cars they want the cars that have the history you know oh this guy drove it or the you know or it was owned by this person they kept every service paperwork and you know they they want that car that have that history and they they love my thought process when i look at a car paint i don't look at a car paint like oh it's scratched I, you know, when I'm detailing a car, I don't know if it's geeky or weird, but I kind of think of myself as an investigator. You know, I look at that scratch and be like, okay, what caused that? Or how did it get there? How's the paint going to respond when I hit it with this compound or that pad? You know, it's all that mystery and that discovery that really I like. I think it's really cool. And so they want to now interview me. So then I had the interview with them. They came down and sent a whole film crew to the shop and, and filmed me detailing a car. And then now I'm here on auto detailing podcast and, and it's just, it's just <laughs> happening so quickly, so rapidly. Um, you know, I haven't slept decently and probably going on a month. I haven't had a good night's sleep, but it is 
worth every moment. It really, really is because it really is the people of this industry. I mean, if, yep. if, if you're out there and you're listening to this episode right now and you're like, man, it's not that much fun or you're, you're down on your luck or whatever it is, I'm telling you, this is the coolest industry that I've ever run across. I mean, I did the personal training thing. That was a lot of fun. I did the electronic hi-fi thing. It was cool. It had, it had its expiration date. But this, this out of all the industries and of all the things and all the hats that I've worn, this is one of the hats that I'm so proud to be able to wear because of people like you, uh, Ian, and, and the countless other people that are out there that are pushing this industry and, and are constantly making it grow for the positive. You know, it's really – that's one of the things I like out there. It's not getting convoluted. You know, in the, in the audiophile industry – there, there will have conversations about the wooden block that you're going to put underneath the speaker wire that could make it sound better. It's like, really, guys, come on. You know, there's a little bit of reality has to play play <laughs> part there. And that's kind of what I have, like about the detailing world is that when you talk about something, when you say you talk about a product or you talk about a result or a technique, there you see the result. It's instant. It's instant gratification, you know. And, and that's, that's so cool about this hobby because, or this, this career is that it is, you know, you do get to see the results and things do make a difference. I mean, for me, I, I never thought microfiber towel would make a difference. I bought the Harbor Freight ones and then I advanced to the Costco and who right. needs that? It, it soaks up water. What up much more do you want from it? Mm. To learn that there's a huge world and, and foam pad, I just went, hey, the foam pad, if it's got foam and a Velcro, good enough. It stays together while I'm doing my thing. I'm happy. You know, there's so much to the science, and it's so cool that to learn all of it and be involved. Um, I'm just, it, I, I wake up every morning, can't wait to see what's out on, the, on, on social media, what's coming next for the industry, uh, what's on the horizon, the new tools, the new techniques. You know, the products are advancing, coatings are exploding. It's this is I think if you're going to want to be a detailer, if you want to have your own career and carve your own path, this is this is an open invitation. I really think it is, especially in my area. I've seen my competition. I've seen their quality of the work. I know I have no concerns. And, and you know, one of the things that I strive, especially having a day job, is that I can take the time and learn what my competition is doing. I can take the time and learn the proper techniques I can watch the YouTube videos, I can reach out to the, you know, like, for example, like Kevin Brown, I mean, the, the God of detailing, you can call that guy, you can literally call him, just pick up the phone and call him, he'll get back to you. you if you have a question, you, you can call him. Same thing with you, Jimbo. If mm -hmm. I have a question, I can ask you, you'll get a response. Name another industry where you can reach out to the right. five people and get a response. Totally. Never. Right. You know, you, you know so the, to be able to get yourself educated is easy. Because a lot of other in industries, you know, are shy to do that. You can't really learn that easy. They expect you to, to go through the same turmoil that they went through versus here at the auto detailing, you know, the detailing world. Like, come on, let me show you. I, you know, 30 years ago, I learned this trick and let me share that with you. And this is my, you know, this is my inside tool that I use. And yep. So it's really cool how transparent everybody is in the industry. And, and I'm with you. I, I think, you know, our industry or the detailing industry is really at a, I know a lot of people have been saying it for a long time, but I feel like we're, we've started to see like the insane, insane growth of the industry. And I think we're really on that like hockey stick projection where we're just going to go up and up and up, um, to, mm -hmm. to where it's really going to get, get crazy, you know, and, and be is. really it fun. And, 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 I, and for like for me, you know, I, I saved up the money to, to hire a marketing company. It, it, it was worth every single penny. I, I paid a small fortune to, to, to get in front of, front of the, uh, that company. Mm. It's worth it every time. If you can afford it, definitely do it. But here's the thing. If you can't afford it, there's still a, a way of you getting marketing information, getting ideas. And you know exactly the direction I'm heading in, Jimbo. Right. The detail inner circle, right? <laughs> you know? You know, yes. seriously. Yep. Because I, I, before I hired my marketing company, that is something that I heavily considered. You know, financially, I could afford the, the marketing company, so I went in that direction. But the detailing inner circle, it gave all of that in a much more, you know, smaller, affordable package. It was right. $100 a month yep. you, you charge. Yep. You know, and anybody could, should, should be able to afford $100 a month. And if you can't afford, afford $100 a month to educate your marketing plan, especially like Pete, 
Dude, Pete, he is a rocket scientist when it comes to de- uh, 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 marketing. Right. I, I, I stole some of his ideas. Like As you should. The, the idea that – yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I, he, you put more of him out there. I would love to uh, hear more <laughs> from Pete. Um, but, like, his idea about the uh, – the, they're on your website, the consumer guides. Yep. You know, I think it's a great idea. Yep. You don't necessarily have to buy my – Detailing services, sir, but at least know these are the things you should be looking for when you are hiring a detailer. And, and I think it's very, uh, it's a very smart idea because it's not a lot of high pressure sales for the detailer. So if you're not good at sales, you don't have to worry about it. And at the same time, you're selling, but you're not selling a product. You're selling your, your, your knowledge. You're saying, hey, I'm knowledgeable. And, and here's, a, here's a thought that I had. When you're sick or you have a broken arm, you go to a doctor and he gives you a pill or puts your arm in a cast, do you question anything that he does? No. You, you, couldn't, you couldn't get his services quick enough. You, know, right. you, want, you, want, you want him to fix you right away. Well, why is that? Well, because he went to the education. He got the education, so he can do that. So you don't have to question it. So I think it's important to get those credentials, to get that education, mm-hmm. because you should be seen as an expert. You shouldn't have to you know, have to prove yourself. You should be able to, you know, just say, I know this is what, this is the results you're going to get from the, and you have to be realistic too. I think, you know, a lot of people oversell their services. They get excited. And I've done it myself where, Oh, I can totally pull that scratch out. And 10 minutes later, eh, that's not going to happen. Um, and, and so overselling it, it, it's, it's hard because most of us are passionate because it does, I, I think take a good amount of passion to do this industry um, and we get excited and we want, we talk to the customer. We really want to detail our car, but to be able to give them almost sometimes I even tell them, no, I probably won't be able to get that out or really give them a low expectation, not a horrible expectation, but give them an expectation that I know I can hit the mark and, and for sure exceed it. So when they pick up that car, they're like, Oh my God, what'd you do? And, 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 you know, and you have to listen to your customer when you're talking to them and, and pick up on tidbits and ask them. What do you see that's wrong with your car? So you know what they're looking for and do all these. I always do something extra. I always go out of my way and do something they didn't think about. You know, like for example, I had, yeah, I had one customer that had uh, uh, one of their kids put a marker on their leather seat. Okay. I don't know if you've ever coated leather. It doesn't take that long. The product that at least I use is reasonably priced. What do I have to lose by coating that customer seat? Exactly. So I quickly clean it, you know, use clean it, put a coating on it, and, they, and say, "Hey, Mr. Customer, by the way, not only I got you what you wanted, I, I also coated your seat, so your kids won't mark the seat." They're like, "Oh, what what is that?" You know, and and that opens up a whole avenue of conversation with that customer, and obviously that person's going to go home and brag to somebody, and, and you know, car guys hang out with other car guys, so might as well. I, I agree. So, I agree. Yeah. I love it. Well, we've gone a little over an hour on the recording, so I want to wrap it up. But I, I, I'm like, I, I'm so pumped up, and I, and what this really lends itself to that I really like is that we can do a follow up show when you found the next location cool. and you're really moving in. Um, I, I really, I think people are going to be really excited to watch the journey of you uh, progress and and move forward. And I love how quickly everything's moving. Um, And I think it's going to be just super exciting for people to watch. So if uh, they want to find you, they want to follow your journey, they want to see, you know, watch you as you go. How can people get a hold of you? I mean, you can look, always, you can feel free to email me. You can feel to call me. I I, I really, I mean, because I I feel like a lot of the other industry people throw that out there and and it's, it's been helpful for me. So I feel like I have to almost pay it forward and help the next guy out and bring them as, as far as I've gotten. So you can follow me on Facebook. The name of my company is Revive Fine Auto Finish. Uh, so that's my, my page, my personal page. Feel free to follow me there as well. I do a lot more mo- motivational postings on my personal page. I follow like people like Gary Vee. And so I do a lot of his posts and you know things like that. They really kind of keep you going. Um, so my name is Khan, that's K-A-A-N. And then my last name is Aya, A-Y-A. And yes, I am just a white guy, even though that sounds completely Asian. <laughs> and, <laughs> and saying that on my guy. end, I, I was like, wow, this is probably so not politically correct. But like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, well, I get it quite often, you know, and then 
I'm not a small guy either. I'm six foot three, 240 pounds. So, you know, it, it's like the name doesn't even match the size of who I am. It just completely, like when I meet people for the first time and imagine being a sales guy with the name Khan, can you imagine like, yeah, I'm Khan, they're like convict. And they're like, yeah, by the way, what's your credit card number? Um, right. so, you know, but by all means, if you, if you want to follow me, I, I would love it. I, you know, I, I also, you know, if you want to reach me out, obviously my contact information is on my, on my business page. Feel free to give me a call. Anything you guys can, you know, if, I, if, if, if there's some piece of information that you think I, I can give you, reach out to me. Love to pass along. <laughs> love it, man. Thanks so much for coming on the show and doing this. I, I was, you made an hour go by like 10 minutes. <laughs> I did not think we, we did an hour. I agree. I agree. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Auto Detailing Podcast. Head on over to autodetailingpodcast.com for full show notes and links of everything that we've talked about today. And don't forget to check out our resources page for a direct link to all the products talked about not only on today's episode, but that I use in my day-to-day detail business. They have direct links so you can purchase and get free shipping right from that page. That's autodetailingpodcast.com. We'll see you on the next episode. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.